Welcome to your business education station. This is Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Our mission is to educate women and people of color about the financial and legal aspects of business, personal finance, and changing your money mindset to create financial freedom. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, and Attorney Althea DeVar-Johnson. Well, well, well. Good morning, good morning. How are you doing, Althea? Happy New Year. How are you doing? <laughs> well, guess what? Today we're going to be talking about some resolutions. And a lot of you guys out there make make resolves. Yeah, but I don't make a resolution nor resolve. <laughs> okay, so you just you just know that there are certain things on your on your must do list, and you have a must do list all year long. Yeah, all the bad things I were doing in the past, I'm gonna continue to do it. Okay, but you know, you did mention to me the other day when I spoke to you on the phone that you have put your uh, Toyota Tundra. Off until I know that's a sore spot for yes, you. Yes, it is. She wants a Toyota Tundra, and her financial plan doesn't allow it right now. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and so that's not a 2016 thing. It's not a 2016 thing. In fact, my uh, financial advisor, when I went to meet him on in December, told me it was. Okay, okay, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the discipline to get a plan, stick to a plan, work your plan. And, of course, we always talk about the fact that what we're trying to promote is financial freedom, okay? That is more important than being what we call rich, right? Because I always teach my students there's a thing called hood rich. (laughs) And we don't want you to be hood rich. We want you to be wealthy. And wealthy means that your assets uh, exceed your debt. Okay, right. so we want you to be wealthy. That is your that that is what we're talking about. But guess what? We are here actually live on location with our good friend, yeah. Mr. Nate Ragland. Hello, Nate. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy New Year's, ladies. And to you, uh, attorney, my financial advisor told me when I told him I wanted a new Corvette, <laughs> <laughs> he told me to get out of here. So. I, <laughs> So you, you kind of feel me there. I got you. I got you. Well, yeah. Nate, tell us something about your business. Tell us about your location here. This is a wonderful location, and you have been so gracious to us. So tell us about what you do here. Well, our program is called Health Hairdressers Extended Learning Program. We're actually an advanced training center. It's sort of like a house, like a church, I say, for the hairdressers. <laughs> it's in the cosmetology industry. That includes makeup artists estheticians, pedicures, and different people that's in the hair business. What we try to do, we're the elders of the business, so we're trying to take this, like our, one of the acronyms is taking beauty back, take them back to the foundation as to why the industry was created and how we can take what they did in the past and blend it with what they're doing in the future to have a better grip on our industry. Right now, we're making trillions of dollars, and only 3% of it, it's coming back to our community. So wow. we're going to actually change that. So we have a program that we put together with a group of veterans that's been in the hair business when the hair business was thriving. And we're actually located on Arvin Avenue on uh, Arvin and Jesse Hill Drive. The building we're in is called the Atrium. It's the Our Fellas Atrium. It was built in 1913, built by Black Hands and dedicated by Booker T. Washington. It's wow. a magnificent magnificent edifice and everybody it is. should come it out is. and see it. Beautiful. It building. is. It is a beautiful house. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to let your friends introduce themselves. So we'll start over here with my man from Tech. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I am Thomas Chapman, cosmetologist of 27 years. Wow. I enjoy the business. I'm in love with the business. There's nothing else 
that I would do because it allows me to help people. Okay, all right, and beautiful lady. Okay. My name is Zenny, and I'm also a licensed beautician, but I do more on the business scale. I love the beauty business. It deals with products, marketing, uh, digital, mm-hmm. internet, so all these uh, work hand-in-hand with Nate. So we hope to, to grow this business. All right. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. My name is Stancer Novak Young. Man, this is incredible to be in the midst of this <laughs> awesome crowd. Listen, I'm, uh, my business is basically, I've been in the beauty industry for about 37 years, and what I've come to realize in the industry is, you know, growing up as a child, I didn't understand money. I was never given a, a, a goal to reach out at. And so I played the game without a goal. I dribbled and I dribbled and I dribbled. I didn't have anyone to pass the ball to. I had no one, so I was pretty much playing by myself. And yeah. what I've come to realize is that, you know, when you play by yourself, Generally, you're going to be in a scarce, be, um, uh, never get an opportunity to really grow and have true wealth. And so my biggest thing now, I'm launching a project called Billionaire Stylists. Billionaire Stylists is pulling, uh, connecting beauty professionals from around the globe, whether they're in working behind the retail store, because I've worked in pretty much most of the parts of the industry, whether it's makeup, whether it's doing visual displays, pulling them all together and putting them all under one roof. So we can begin to practice this thing that I really based from the scripture, which is Genesis chapter 11, 6, where it said, where the people come one, that's nothing that we imagine can be refrained from us. So that is what I'm moving. Nate and I have been knowing each other for, what, probably over 30-some-odd years. We partnered up, and now we're launching this project. It's absolutely incredible. I'm just glad to be a part of this. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Mr. Novak. Well, you know, Mr. Novak said something, and I want to get that started, because you said something I want to throw out there. You guys are vets in the industry, right? Which also means, so when I say vets in the industry, that means that you not only know a lot about hair care, but you do know a lot about business, whether it's from trial and error (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) right? You said mostly. So let me ask you something. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned? Okay, not how to curl hair, but the biggest business lesson <laughs> that you've learned. What, what was the big, biggest business lesson you learned, Nate? That you never become rich standing behind a chair doing hair. Okay, That's so the it's the biggest lesson. Wow. Every time you're not standing behind a chair doing hair, you're laid off. <laughs> so every time you're laid off, those minutes that add up to your life, at the end of your life, at your life earning, mm-hmm. you find out that standing behind a chair was not the only source that you should have used. Mm-hmm. That's why we talk about taking beauty back. Our ancestors were not hairdressers. They stole product and they became millionaires. So my biggest, I guess you could say, lesson is to, well, I always did it anyway. You have to take your standing behind the chair and sell something. Sell any product that goes along with the hair. Time out for sending it to other folks. Your hair business was the first beauty supply. Mm-hmm. All the hair beauty supplies started off in the hair salons, so now you really see African-American hair salons with retail products. But that's the only true road to wealth, is to have product, have your own private label, sell something. Because standing behind a chair, we had a meeting a few weeks ago with a bunch of instructors. If it was 30 in the room, 28 of them was broke, and they've been standing behind a chair over 20-something years. So sell something. That's mine. Well, let me let me just piggyback on that, and 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 uh, because they're saying that they learn some things by trial and error. But what I try to get my students to understand is a lot of veterans like you, Nate. When you say things like that, you're actually quoting something that's that's total textbook, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we don't understand how to take the theory of te- textbook 
and apply it to real life. But give, let me give you an example. The reason why you say if you do hair, if you stand it behind a chair, you're going to wind up being broke is because what people don't understand about business is when you when your business depends on you, the work that you do, there are only so many hours a year that you can work. So let's just say that you work 40 hours a week, right? That's 2,080 hours a year. Let's just say that you were lucky enough to be able to get $100 an hour. The max you can make is $200,000 a year, okay? The key to business is being able to make money without your physical effort, right? That's called leverage. That's why people, even if they stand up and lecture, they write a book because that book is selling on the internet or in a bookstore while they're doing something else, right? The reason why people hire employees and the reason why it's more profitable to have a shop and have other people working for you is because they're working 40 hours, another person's working 40 hours, and if you're getting a few pennies off of them, right? That's extra. That's, that's leverage. And so that's how wealth is built in business. It is not built by an individual. When you get a skill and go out and work, what you did is create a job for yourself. You actually did not create a business. The theory of business is using leverage, is having something make money that is not solely dependent on your effort. So I appreciate that, Nate, because that is true in your industry as well. What you're saying is if all you're doing is doing heads, then that's all you can make. But if you have other streams of income coming in from other places while you're doing that head, even if you love doing it and want to keep doing it, the streams of income have to come from other places like maybe even teaching or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I say something, it's, you know, really, I think, you know, Coming from the background where I came from, you know, I came from a you know family of concrete workers, six generations, and that's what we did. We did hard work, labor. My parents taught me work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. You'll get what you want. You don't need nobody else. You don't need nobody else. You don't need anybody else. Work for yourself. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. I heard all that stuff, and I came to realize that that really suffered. My father used to say all the time, you know, hey, son, if you're going to get it right, get it, do it yourself. You know, and so in that same process, that's how I started out in business. That's how I started out in life. I was in the me, me zone. It was me. Me, 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 me. Yeah. And my father said up to the age that I was 30, he said, son, he said, it's time to start giving back. You know, you've been me. You've been taken for so long. And so what I've come to realize is that now we talk about leverage, which is very key. And that's one of the things that I utilize in, in what I'm building. But the key element that I'm looking at now is residuals. What I come to understand is those who are wealthy right now, they lock us into one thing. If you notice, our, our first form of residual that we paid was our what? Insurance. Insurance was the first thing they locked us on. I paid, I've signed up one time and I've been paying for the rest of my life. Yep. Same thing with gas, electricity, it's been going on. And so the biggest thing about it is now what I'm looking to do is finally realize that the way we build this is through locking arms. Because when we lock arms together, that's what they do. Everything we do, we sign in. Amazon, we sign in. We got a code. We need to lock in, not lead today without locking in and go somewhere else. Let's lock in because that is social and political wealth. That's what I realized where the wealth comes in. Now, Novak, what you're talking about, too, is the key, the the concept of passive income, okay? Passive income is connected to what Nate is saying. There's a stream of income coming in, right, on a regular, regular, regular basis, okay? So an insurance man sold you a policy, but he keeps getting a commission every time that you pay that policy. He doesn't have to sell that policy over and over and over again, right? So that's the, that's the whole idea of passive income. 
Now he's on to selling another policy, but he's getting money from the last 10 policies that he sold. And he's going to continue to get that money as long as you pay those policies. And that's one way, right, of building that residual. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, I I don't want to offend anybody. I know that I I have a PhD, so I'm not... I'm not talking against education, but one of the things I do want to put out there from what you said, Novak, is I was told all I had to do was go to college and get a college degree, and that was going to make me successful, and I thought successful meant wealthy, right? And what I realized is college is great, but college doesn't teach you how to be wealthy. College doesn't teach you how to be in business. Uh, Even a business degree, a business degree teaches you how to work for someone else. An MBA teaches you how to be the best manager at a Fortune 500 corporation. Okay, they don't teach you the strategies of business. I had to go outside of the university to actually learn business. And one of the things that I really, and the reason why I'm so passionate about it, and the reason why I'm in the university system and I teach in the university system is because I realize that all of my business professors and even CPA accounting uh, professors had never actually practiced. They were all, yeah, they, they were, they were all academic, right? They were all, they were all, they, they had all the theories in the world and had written books and books and books on theory, but I, not, not one of them had ran a business, right? Not one of them, a, a lot of my accounting professors weren't even CPAs, so they hadn't even set for the exam, all right? A lot of them had not actually practiced. And so no one, when I went into practice, no one was there to tell me, well, what do you do when you gotta make payroll? And your clients haven't paid. That's why we did this. <laughs> you know, you that's understand what I'm saying? Right yes. Here. That's why we created this atmosphere so that we have hairdressers out there that have the same issues. This place they can come and get all the answers because we, if we don't have the answer, we can find it because we know exactly how to reference it and find it and get it. Because, because you got to deal with it from not a practical uh, standpoint, but from, I mean, from a practical standpoint and not from theory. But right now, we're going to take a short break, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, because Attorney well, Johnson said we would. Yeah, that's okay. right. All right. <laughs> BusyFolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. BusyFolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing BusyFolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit BusyFolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's BusyFolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com to reach a real CPA. 
Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. Okay, we are back with our esteemed guest. And and we were throwing a question out there, Althea. Um, oh, but before we do, you made a comment when I was asking you when we said that education is really good, but it doesn't necessarily teach you what you need to know uh, about running a real, real, a real business. A lot of times you have to get that information outside the university. And so you said something about even law school, right? Oh, yeah. Even law school. When I went to law school, all you learned is the theory. You understand the principles of law. But when I started my practice, what I had to learn is how to find the courthouse. <laughs> and once I find the courthouse, what do I do when I get there? And the protocol in the courthouse. And right? the protocol in the courthouse. And also, the, I think one of my biggest lessons is is that we kind of think that the judges, if you go to the judges or the law clerks, they're the ones that have all the answers. But it's not them. Sometimes the secretary, it's the clerks. It was them who taught me how to actually practice law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. yeah. That's so you have to be real nice and kind when you go into the courthouse and you want to file something and you don't know what you're filing, where you're supposed to be filing, and maybe there's a different way you should do this. It was those ladies and gentlemen who taught me how to practice law from a practical standpoint and be some uh, fairly successful at. Mm-hmm. So no, you don't learn that in law school. No, no, you learn that school of hard knocks. School of hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> the thing so, it is with beauty, you don't learn doing hair in beauty school. Very matter of fact, you learn how to not do hair primarily. <laughs> some people better than they were when they get going to start a school than they do. Because I'm not saying that the school teaches bad habits. Because Thomas is here. If he wasn't here. <laughs> Since Thomas is here, it's not that they teach bad habits, but it's not the actual real world. When you get out of school, a lot of them never go back to take classes. A lot of them never really understand the real technical side of the hair industry or the business side because they're thinking, right after I finish school, I did all I can do, and I'm going to stick right here. Then they wonder why they're not making money. They used to do 20 years a day. You can imagine doing 20 years a day. Some people... Can't imagine that. And I say twenty years a day, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's possible. And now that they're doing two or three years, they're thinking they're successful. They do two three years a day, and like I really did hair. Oh wow, we die. We only did three years a day. You know. So, so what were some of the lessons that you learned, uh, Thomas? Just sitting here listening to everybody and, and really having to think about one of the lessons I've learned. Um, I'll go back to 1995. I found out that I needed to listen to consultants who specialize in different departments within the business. Because as we know, if you have a business, uh, you don't want to wear all the hats. And we do have all the consultants. But not only listening to the consultants, I had to apply in practice the information that they were giving me. So... Uh, I used to interview uh, 
a, biz, a different business consultant each month because they had the information and they all had something different and I would use it. It wasn't a friend. <laughs> it wasn't a person. It wasn't a client. It wasn't a person in the chair next to me. It was a person who actually was a business consultant in the area that you wanted to, to expand your business. And you have to, I had to break it down and do one step at a time. Um, if you speak on wealth, we didn't become, uh, we were given wealth naturally. Father has all the wealth in the world mm -hmm. to take care of us. But we have to go and practice it step by step by step. And uh, if I have to use the fact that if I put something in the plan, everything was based on three months. When I went to school, each semester was three months. Mm. And they told us, you'll know if you'll be in it for life as a career after six months. Mm. 27 years later, I still don't sell anything else mm. except beauty. Beauty mm. knowledge. Um, I'm also a consultant because I learned from the consultants that I spoke with. And even with that, with wealth, and I learned something. Um, I'm also a cosmetology instructor, and I learned this about my class. I have desire to be a cosmetologist. Not all students have a desire of your practice and of your studies. That we want so bad to give it to everyone. So those of us that have the desire to be wealthy, rich, healthy, mentally have a peace of mind, which is my specialty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you, you just think about, as I was doing in the first session, just sitting here thinking about what is my desire? What do I want from this round table and this group of people? And I'm going to use every last one of them as a consultant to what they do. You know, and it, it's going to make me better. And me is going to share it with you you know, uh, that's also what we're doing here at HELP. But Nate, um, I'm right in ground line. So what I learned from consultants in business is just know who you are and do what you do. Nate is HELP. I'm HELP. Dr. Johnson's HELP. Flo is HELP. Everybody is HELP. But what is it that you do with HELP? Do you clean HELP? Do you serve the coffee to HELP? Do you get the fruit? Do you get the water? What is it that you do? Are you the writer or are you the speaker? And you have to understand yourself. And you, you just have to know that you are wealthy. You were born wealthy. You gotta believe and you gotta have your faith. Is it faith and desire? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I'll preach on. I'm, 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 I'm drinking the Kool-Aid over here. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Absolutely. So, so what have you learned? What have you learned, okay, darling? Okay, well, my <laughs> I gotta see it as a woman, as a mother. It's a really different um, journey, I think. Uh, when I became, I I came from a corporate background, mm -hmm. so I was told what to do. It's so much easier. I had all the ties. I went to beauty school. Went, you know, I'm a professional student, I say this, because I, I had the habits and the discipline to go through the pain of school, finish it, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money. So when I went into the industry, I was lost, because like you said, you have to figure everything out, and you're not prepared. 
So in that frustration, I went back to corporate where it's comfortable. I, I still have the beauty and things like that I, I do as a hobby, but really um, going back to corporate just gave me that stability until I met Nate. And he was, you know, once I finished my contract at that time and I was doing marketing um, with Nate, that was my first step into being my own business. And it's been a journey, five, uh, ten years, I think it's been 10, 13 years. And it's a process because we had to, I had to learn it through trial and error. And as I learned, I knew that you need to be very organized. You got to prioritize your time. You got to know who you are, what kind of brain you have, how you think and process information, choices you make, so you can really seek out the right things and be able to utilize that information, and then you can implement it to what you're doing. So those are the things I, I, I want to roll with, with uh, <laughs> Vinny here. Mm-hmm. Here's the funny part. There's only two people who can tell me what to do, and I understand I'm a very understanding person. I understand the corporate structure and I understand the independent structure. I like the corporate and I like to apply it to the independence. Only two people can tell me what to do, and that's how come I didn't ever go corporate, and that's the mother and the father. Because those two are the ones who are going to raise you and give you your foundation. Um, with that understanding, it's been successful for me. But once again, you have to know who you are and what works for you. Um, to tell me what to do without helping me understand is how come I didn't like corporate. I didn't like people all up in my face. You weren't going to uh, uh, beat me down and then feed me. You just going to beat me down and help you make some money. Mother and the father feeds down, pick you up, feed you, dust you off. And help you become a successful person. Right. And, and, and it actually even broke the cycle of uh, stepping on everybody else's neck and just uplifting. And that's what I grabbed from the raising. So also, you know, just make sure you go back and review because as they started to show it, it, it was resolutions or resolute. <laughs> make sure you go back to the resolution and the resolute. And <laughs> when you were an infant mm-hmm. and take your raisings to build on who you are and how you can help. But but Thomas, I think yes. one of the challenges is and that we in knowing ourselves is that some people do well in corporate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Some people do well standing behind the beauty uh, mm-hmm. chair. Yes. And then some people are okay. Being independent and having a business, so you got to, to know that because it's not easy being in business. Maybe. But I think that the lessons we ought to take is that if all we're gonna do is be a hairdresser, what do we do to kind kind of um, build up our financial uh, foundation and still be wealthy to some degree and have our houses in order? Because you can work and still. Mm-hmm. Be be wealthy. Can I share? There's a, but there's a process. Can that. I share a story with you about a hairdresser? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in '95, 1995, I had moved to uh, Washington D.C. to uh, become this this big entrepreneurial cosmetologist, and it worked really well. Mm-hmm. After owning a business, being the manager of a business, uh, being an owner, 
slash manager wearing the hats, uh, some confusion stepped in there. So I said, I don't want to be a cosmetologist anymore. I want to be a hairdresser. What did I do? I took myself out of that surrounding and I actually moved to the Caribbean to become a hairdresser. And when I went there, my mindset was I'm going here on a working retirement. Okay. As a hairdresser. Explain. Because I don't even know the difference between a hairdresser and a cosmetologist. Explain to us. The cosmetologist is the one who studies the information of understanding how to apply it. The hairdresser is the one who artistically just do it. The technical. They they can just do it, and it's, it's there, and it's fun. Ah, it's, it's and cosmetology is the study of it. You're gonna become, yeah. A, yeah this, you want the growth is a little different. Mm-hmm. The hairdresser brought peace of mind. The cosmetologist had to think about the products, the client, the the people around them, your consciousness. The hairdresser became an individual and enjoyed the, the industry. But I also made the move with the idea of I'm on a working retirement. Mm-hmm. So what were my steps to be becoming a working in retirement? Was it a budget? There was a budget. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. There was a budget. Check. Yes. And so, so we're going to check that off. There was and peace of mind, too. Oh, yeah. I had to get and peace of mind. Okay. My budget talk about it. okay. When we take this short break, yes. because I'm going to keep us on task. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was ready to go. <laughs> I was going to let you go. <laughs> but we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Busyfolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop off service for busy people like you. Busyfolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. Busyfolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing busyfolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit busyfolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's busyfolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click myowntaxreturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click myowntaxreturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on myowntaxreturn.com. That's myowntaxreturn.com. Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. Okay, okay. We were getting into a good conversation, and uh, my co-host always makes me be disciplined enough to make sure our sponsors get their time because, of course, I could keep going on and on and on. 
uh, listening as well as talking, and so we needed to take that break. But I, we're coming back with Thomas because Thomas says something very important. Sure. He talked about the peace of mind, okay? Because peace of mind is very important to work in your plan. So whether you are a business owner or whether you work for someone else, you can still have peace of mind, and peace of mind comes with working a financial plan, and you can still have financial freedom. You don't have to be a business owner to have financial freedom, Absolutely. right? And to work a plan. So, I, Thomas, I have to come back to you and ask you, what did you mean by peace of mind when you went to the Caribbean? Because I sit up all day long and, and when I when and, and and turn on when I when I watch TV, all I want to watch is the blue ocean and the palm trees and stuff because I'm going to wind up teaching somewhere exotic (laughs) before I die. So when you ran off to the islands, what were you talking about? What was that peace of mind that you're talking about? That peace of mind was um, I I, I got up from the round table Mm -hmm. of of, uh, business people who had to come together uh, and make a decision for a common goal, but everybody is still at odds ends. And I didn't want to be that way. That was too much confusion. I got to sit at the table and uh, be in the same mindset of 10 people, but we can't come up with the same decision over the same common goal. So I said, well, I have a lot of information as we said we had the university training, we had the technical school training, we got the street training. Um, let me go somewhere where I can uh, process all this information. And as we know, we wait for a doctor to tell us to go to the Caribbean. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> tell yourself I need to do it because every practice that's in the U.S. is around the world. And if you really want to find out how to do it, here at Help. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, night starting yes. at 7 p.m. <laughs> starting this Thursday, January 9th at 7 p.m., we will be here to help uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, going over different business practices for your peace of mind, how to build yourself, how do you go to another country and still practice what you love mm-hmm. and what you're in love with. That's what I did. Um, and you have to do research. Have to do research, which I got from the consultants. Uh, so we will be doing that on uh, Tuesdays and Thursday nights, and and we'll put that yeah. information. We'll put that information on our website. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's in the so anybody that's in the hair industry hair can get industry. your information. They can go to our website and they can mm-hmm. come to some of these classes and get some of this education that 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 Nate and um. And his colleagues are giving out because that's that's real important. And that's one of the reasons why we appreciate what Nate is doing, because Nate is really, like you said, taking the industry back to its foundation and and, and how we thought of the industry. You know how well, you know how a lot of our ancestors made a whole lot of money in this industry. Yes. Uh, because they thought differently. Mm-hmm. They thought a lot differently. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that you know, now that we know what you've learned, what's your resolution? If you could do something differently, okay? The resolution. If you could do something differently, <laughs> what is your what is your resolution? What is your resolution? Go ahead, Novak. Well, really, I'm just going to go back because we talked about, really, I think that's great, mm-hmm. the foundation. Because like I said, it all starts with, you know, we talked about wealth. Our biggest thing is wealth. And a lot of times when we think about wealth, we only talk about money. 
There's five different power structures as well. There's educational wealth, there's spiritual wealth, there's political wealth, and there's social wealth, and then there's economical wealth. Mm-hmm. Now, see, education really is the thing that we're really not trained. See, education comes from the root word, educe. That means to bring out what is natural inside of you. And so a lot of times we don't get in a quiet place. We don't listen to our own thoughts. We have everybody else dictating and telling us what we should be doing when in reality the creator is already put inside of you and then fashioned your life. Now, the beautiful thing, the thing, biggest thing that I'm understanding now is, okay, now I'm here to talk about the money. Because he got, a lot of times they say, you know, Scripture tells you in Ecclesiastes 10, 19, it says money answers all things. That's going to give us some peace. Did you realize that money, that anything that's relating to money in the scripture is used more than the, than love? Absolutely. In the scripture? Absolutely. They, they talk about money more in the scripture or things relating to money more Absolutely. than love. Absolutely. So there's three levels of money. See, most people don't understand that. There's three levels. There's spiritual money. There's, there's psycholo- psychology of money. And then there's physical money. See, most of us are caught up into the, the psychology. I, I want money, but I don't want a whole lot. You know, oh, we, 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 we confuse God. No, what I'm just trying to say, yeah. well, it all begins with the proper word of educe, what is what's really natural right. inside of you. So a lot of people, regardless of whether you say you're in business for yourself, because I can say I've been in business for myself for the past 25 years. But guess what? I ain't been in business for myself. The business owned me. You know, and that's the biggest <laughs> thing I realized. I got more people on top of me, more bills that I was paying out than coming out. That's why I started out in the beginning saying I never counted the cost. The question is, how much is a lot of money? Right. See, we get caught up in that. That's why the wealthy continue to grow. Why? Because they don't save money, they grow it. Right. And that's why it's so important to leverage and build on resilience. So saving money is putting money on, under the mattress. Absolutely. Making money is knowing where to put your money to make more money. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And growing it and growing <laughs> it only is gonna come from what? The masses right. of the people. So what you're saying is uh right in line with what Althea and I always talk about the resolution that you have to make first starts with a change in your mindset. The whole issue, the whole only reason why we as black people in this country have not gotten where we need to be is because of our mindset. We live in a capitalist society and we don't speak the language. We think the language in this country is English. It is not. (laughs) Okay? You have to understand what is going on. And if that's the case, you have to educate yourself. But you have to do something with that education. And that education has to take effect on your mindset so that you can see things differently. And Novak, you are so wise. You know, just not because of the wonderful beard. I did that. But you know, real, real, real briefly, my mentor, I have a mentor that shares with me. He said, research all the facts about a thing. Seek to understand the nature of that thing. Then learn how to apply all that information to better yourself first than other people around yeah. you. It's the same thing if you're on an airplane. When the pressure falls down, they say put them, put it on your mask first before you help out anyone else. Right. So I had to come to a realization that, okay, great. My parents told me, don't my, really, I didn't know what a six-figure income was until I was in my late 30s. Okay, now, biggest, because I never looked at the money. My parents never talked about the money. They never talked about the money. So now here I am operating from a, a, a playing the game without a goal. Yes. The biggest thing I can suggest to anybody out there, regardless of what they're doing, decide on how much. What is it you need to in order to operate your life? So I have six children. My wife and I have been homeschooling our children for the last, and the biggest thing about this, our biggest thing is what to give them themselves. It's mm-hmm. to let them, allow them to be able to grow. Yeah. Understand how these words, because when you mentioned capitalism, yeah. I found out capitalism was capital, which is what the scripture 
talks about Solomon was a captain of tens of thousands. And so that's what I realized. These businesses, what we talk about in direct sales and network marketing, people have messed that up. But the idea of it is two heads are better than one right. and a three-break cord is stronger. Right. It's about linking in and becoming multitudes. Yes. That's where the wealth really comes from. That's right. So, All so, right. So that's really what I'm resolved to today. That's why I put together billionaire stylists linking up with all the stuff. I started out with all the people in the beauty and fashion industry, but it's for everybody because most of us, 97.5% of us out here operating from linear income. We go to work, we get paid. We don't yes. go to work, we don't get paid. And that has caused uh, so much drama in our community because our parents, we're not, I, I, uh, we got two parents out working. No one's taking care of the child because everybody's out trying to get what? They're going back and forth. Yeah. When the wealthy's on the beaches of the world because I got this phone in my hand. Well, and here's the thing. To your point is, we we don't understand that wealth is not necessarily the same as income. Okay, because you if you take if you get have money coming if you have more money going out than coming in, mm -hmm. you cannot build wealth. Right. Okay, so wealth is when the money comes in, no matter how much it is, what you do with it is what creates wealth. So if you earn $7 an hour, what you do with that $7 an hour could either make you wealthy or not. What you do with that $7 million could either make you wealthy or not. Okay? So it's not necessarily what you have coming in. It is the education and the mindset with, okay, now that it's here, what do I do with it? If you're in debt, you cannot amass wealth because, like you said, it keeps going out the door. It keeps going out the door. It keeps going out the door. I think yes. Nick, we had a, a kind of conversation on this same line yesterday. I was saying, you know, a long time ago, not that long ago, I had a lot of money because I was doing, I had a lot of salon, a lot of folks, and a lot of money. And then I got a tax truck because mm -hmm. money wasn't directed That's nowhere. Right. I didn't have no destination for it. Just coming, coming. Mm -hmm. And I know a whole lot of my friends, so you know, when you're in business, you can meet business people. They got an exact same type of trouble. Right. Money coming, money coming, but what do you do with the money? And we all, a lot of us end up in tax trouble. Right. Even the athletes and the big That's right. entertainers. That's right. They have tons of money. So a lot of people say, I want money, I want money, but then they don't have no real direction. And they don't surround themselves with what Thomas said with the consultants. Absolutely. If you're going to get money, you need them, a tax consultant. Yeah, Every wealthy know, person do with this works money? the tax code. Every yeah. wealthy person works the tax code. And money, actually, lots of money can get you in more trouble than not having money because they coming for you. If you get on that radar, yes. you're getting into some problems where you got this money. That's why you got to have a destination for the money and not just have a lot of money. Right. A lot of money gets everybody. And you have to have a plan for that money right. because if you have a tax strategist and the money's coming That's in, right. they can they can tell you what to do, what not to do, and maybe you shouldn't even let the money come in until you know until what you're you doing. Know what you do. Like people, I tell people, don't even go collect a lottery ticket until you, you know sit down do. and talk with somebody because right. once you get that lottery ticket, once, if you win the lottery, <laughs> you're going to be broke before you get home from downtown if you don't have a plan. So don't even go pick it up. Don't even, don't even go claim it. I got the ticket I need to go You can even sit down with somebody first, Thomas. But again, this is important information because, again, it's not only with individuals, but it's also with businesses that we need to have a life and a state plan. Yes. And if you had a plan and talk to professionals about what you need to do in order to make sure that, okay, I have a business. What plan of action do I need to have? What 
consultants or tech or professionals do I need to have in place to help me to not only make money, but to also keep and maintain it. Mm-hmm. Yes. We need a plan. And, that, and you said you, your money didn't have anywhere to go because you didn't have a plan. That's right. That's right. And so uh, when we, uh, we, I know we're going to have to take a break soon, but when we really? come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're going to have to take a break soon, but when we come back, we're going to elaborate uh, more on what Attorney Johnson said, because what we want to do before we get out of here is we want to make sure that part of the resolution for all of our listeners and all of us here in the room is to make sure we have that foundation set. Okay, because Novak done already said he had like 600 children. How many, six? I'm not done yet. (laughs) Okay, so we need to be leaving. We need to be leaving a legacy and setting some stuff up. Okay, especially because all of us in this room, a lot of our, a lot of our knowledge, a lot of our wealth is not being passed on. And that's Mm. part of the problem as well. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned because we got more. Thank you. Thank you. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. BusyFolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. BusyFolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing BusyFolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit BusyFolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's BusyFolk.com. Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. Okay, so Attorney Johnson, we are talking to some esteemed business owners in the hair industry. And they have, now we're talking to the veterans. We're talking to the people that are, we're not talking to the blow dry and curl people. We are talking to the people who have been there, done that, know the business, also know it from standing behind the chair and also knowing about the business, the ups and the downs. And that's what we're talking about. Yes. But we don't want to leave this conversation without talking about one of our resolutions is to leave a legacy. Now, one of the things that I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that you guys are giving back. That is so important. You cannot gain if you don't give, right? And so whether you give back from your finances or your knowledge or whatever it is, you guys are giving back. A lot of you all are doing the instruction 
teaching um, the, the, the next generation how to do this business and how to do it successfully. But let me ask you something. What are some of the things that if you could do them better and differently from a leaving a legacy standpoint, how would you do it? Because we were just talking, uh, we were off air and Novak was mentioning the fact that, you know, uh, a lot of times people might have knowledge, they might have wealth and it dies with them. And so they don't leave anything to the next generation. The next generation is devoid of that education, devoid of the wealth. I know, Nate, I had a conversation with you about that when you were talking about even in this profession, the ancestors, for some reason, it didn't translate all the way to the to the people who are currently in the industry. And that's why you're trying to bring that back. So what are some of the legacies that you guys, uh, in this 2016, what are you all thinking about as far as leaving a legacy? I got that, uh, that conversation fresh in my head that we had. I was talking about the, the Madam Turnbulls, the Madam Walkers and different things. Mm-hmm. When they came into it, they had no idea that it was going to grow so big. But at that time, we was more community-oriented because we couldn't go outside our community and nobody else was using black hair care product. But we had thousands, millions more people. So that means that we have millions more opportunities to make money. That's why every other race come and sit there, plate on our table and take all the food because it's enough food for everybody. We building whole empires off our beauty business. Our hair is the only thing on earth we own in the United States. We're the only thing, the only crop we have here that we can walk away with is this. <laughs> this is the only thing, and it's one of the most valuable, and actually it was the first community building. They built that community off the hair, the barbers and the new insurance, barbers started insurance companies. It started with the hair business. So my taking beauty back thought was to take them back to where it started, the foundation, just like you take your car back to the dealer to get your car fixed. We used to get under the tree, but no more. We had to take it back to where it started. Understand the foundation was not to do hair. The hair part was just to demonstrate the product. That was so just a, that, was, what you said, that was just our crop, but that wasn't necessarily the business. No, no, yes. that was just the crop. And mm-hmm. most everything that's grown that has a harvest and stuff. So our hair is harvested by other people. We got the most versatile hair on the planet. Everybody trying to do something that with their hair that our hair can do. We can make it look like a Chinese, we can look like a Caucasian, we can do whatever we want to do. And we take and hide that magnificent crop that Yahweh gave us under somebody else's hair. I think that's as <laughs> big. That's why he kicking our butts now, because we hide our crown by putting other people's, I guess you could say, <laughs> stuff on top of our head. He yes. gave us the best hair on the planet. We yes. got all we got the most versatile, and then we own this. This is where all our wealth came. It started with our hair. It's gonna end with our hair, okay. and that's what our program is about. To show them the beginning, why it was started, and what it's supposed to do. Now, ladies, you said that you had you have a son. I have two boys. You have two boys. Yes. Now, when you talk about leaving a legacy, are they interested in the hair business at all? Uh, no, they <laughs> they got their own yeah. family. No, they're just baby. I mean, they're ten and twelve. Yes, they're yes. soccer players, so they they're totally not. Now, when but, you left corporate America, you yes. left a really good uh, parachute, right? I mean, like, yes. because that's the one thing, that's one of the things that's hard when you're walking away from a from yes. a company, right, is you're walking away from that security. Yes. So so have you considered whether you have all of that security in place? And what, what are you? What are your what thoughts? Are, and what are, you, what are you? my thoughts? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, as I have learned, um, you know, being in business for myself, one of the biggest things, that you have to truly understand is you're going to have to sacrifice. 
You're going to sacrifice your wants, your needs. You got to really shape up. You got to have a lot of good support around you. And it doesn't have to be family. It could be friends. It could be a certain, you know, you got to find mentors. So all of this will get you to a certain level where you are able to sustain, to be able to leave a legacy. Because it really becomes overwhelming when you think legacy, it's so huge. Yet alone, you're trying to struggle and, you know, figure it out on a day-to-day. So, number one, you really got to just simplify and do what you can. If it's a dollar you can put away, it's a dollar you're going to put away. But eventually, it's going to add up to a certain level. So once, you know, you have to think of it positively like you're going to grow, but you got to also know that you got to sacrifice and teach the kids that they have to sacrifice now as well. Because... So, you know, okay. in, in those levels, I really believe sacrificing is going to take you to that legacy. Well, let me ask you guys a question about your industry. How many people in your industry do you think actually have a will? Two. <laughs> <laughs> actually have a, a, a will? Three. Three? Two, three people in the whole country? Nate? <laughs> well, okay. I, mean, I just think, I mean, it's not even just a hairdresser thing. Because no, see, I, 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 most I, I, people. You know, let me tell you something, people, Novak. If it were just hairdressers, yeah. we'd be here every week. It's Absolutely. not just hairdressers. I'm just throwing it out because it's your industry. I but how get many that. people I get do that. You But okay. I'm just saying, you know, it's like taboo. You know, yes. you know talking about money is like talking about riding out a wheel. It's like, I don't want to talk about that. Let me tell you something. The problem in our community and the reason why, because uh, Thomas asked me, oh, is why is your mission just towards women, right, and minorities? We're talking about that. Part of the reason is from our experience, okay, it's like when you talk to a black person about a will, Big Mama's like, why are you trying to kill me? Why, you, why do we need to talk about insurance? Why do we need to talk about a will? Why do we need to talk about an estate plan? You trying to kill me? <laughs> you know, and things like that. They don't understand that. This is, the, this is the business of living. The business of living is knowing that we're not going to live forever, but that we want, we, want our, we want our seed mm-hmm. to be better That's off than what, what, where we were. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I don't want my seed to have to start from ground zero or oh, either man. pick up my debt and start from negative, mm-hmm. not even ground zero, but even right, pick right, up right. my debt and start from negative, because if I live, I can leave uh, uh, my, my family a house, but I, if I'm leaving them a house with a mortgage, oh, are they going to mm-hmm. be able to pay that mortgage? No. No. Okay? Because I don't know about you guys, but a lot of our kids couldn't afford our home. The yeah. home that you that we live in. So, are we going to leave that home to our kids more with a mortgage? Yes, or are we? Are we? Do we have a plan to have that mortgage paid off at, at our passing, so that our family, okay, or the fact that my, my my partner here always talks about, don't just take it for granted that that house moves to whoever you want it to move to, Absolutely. and that's one of the reasons why you have to have a will and a plan because. Else, the state of Georgia will tell you who that house belongs to. Wow, perspective, perspective. I mean, you, you got you want to say because well, I mean, well, to, just speak on what they mentioned is um, uh, just briefly. Even to leave the house to someone, um, you gotta also leave them with the plan. Yes, you have to, to help have them it. with their plan because the house can be paid for. And they still don't know what to do. They don't know about the taxes. They don't know about the maintenance. That's a part of the educational process. Not only with estate planning, but you got to understand the financial piece. Mm -hmm. I I, Mm -hmm. I saw that um, here in Atlanta. um, 
through 2010 to probably 2012, I worked in Cascade Heights, mm-hmm. one of the richest areas in Atlanta that I know of, and I'm not from Atlanta, mm-hmm. but it's on the west side. Go through there now. People don't even stop in Cascade Heights, but the parents left the property for the kids. Now, we ain't going to go to what happened, but <laughs> it happened where they didn't take care of it, and it makes it so that the community cannot support its surroundings mm-hmm. or the business owners, but the business owners stay there because Cascade Heights still have business owners mm-hmm. who are... It's tight over there. Right. It's, it's tight. Right. Yeah. Perspective. Perspective. See, I had to come to realize that. I really, because I'm, I'm talking about the money here. I come to realize that, you know, if you go, uh, there's a gentleman that did a class and he did a class at a college and he asked the question, how much money is good money an hour? And everybody said, well, okay, let's get to it. 60, they say $60 an hour. Great. Well, what do you got to do for $60 an hour? You got to do this. You got to work hard. You got to go to school. You got to get an education. You got to get all these things. And the guy said, okay, great. I said, now, okay, now, uh, let's look at the top uh, movie actors, okay? He said, everybody making six, we know what they do. Movie actors. He said, how much they make? Now, the top one at the time in 2013 was Leonardo DiCaprio. He was making $33,000 an hour. Oh, my goodness. Now, you look at all the others. You talk about top ten. Then he said, okay, now, we know Oprah makes such such amount. He said, directors make $50,000 an hour. These people making all this money. Then he said, okay, hedge funds. He said, the top hedge fund person made $824 million. $723,000 an hour. Now, so my thing about it is when I start studying money, I kind of realize that the middle class in America, first of all, starts out at half a million. Okay? Big businesses, small business in America starts out at five million. So when you think of business and small business, where am I sitting? Perspective. So my thing about it is how am I going to leave something if I don't have enough to do anything with Mm-hmm. So we think in six figures. That's why I say it. six figures only gives us just for ourselves. It's not enough for the rest of us. That's why I call it billionaire stylists. Because I know with them billionaire stylists, there'll be many people who will make millions. Uh, and, and here's the thing, guys. Before we leave, let, and, and you are so right. I appreciate each of you. Please come to our website make, so that you can get in touch with all of these experts that we've been talking to. Yes. Okay. But keep in mind, guys, that is why you use financial products to create generational wealth wow. because those financial products can leave a legacy that your $100,000 job cannot. So thank you for listening to your business education station, your business, your family, your, your life. life. Talk Woo. to you next week. All right.